What's up, church planters and all you fans of church planting? My name is Jared Huntley, and I'm with my good friend Matt Hess, and you guys are listening to In the Trenches, a podcast by everyday church planters for the everyday church planter. This podcast isn't just for church planters. It's for anyone who loves church planting and wants to get in the trenches and advance the kingdom of God. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Why'd you jump ahead of my of my <laughs> saying what's up, Matt? Are you trying to throw me off? Uh, I was just trying to mess you a bit, but like, trying to it's the new year still, trying to do new keep, things. Keeping it fresh. How's your resolutions going? So They're far? going good, man. They're yeah. going good. Did I've, you make them? Yeah, I did. I, I I always um I say always. I've done this the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. It's funny you're asking this in uh staff meeting on Wednesday, we kind of went over resolutions, but I kind of have resolutions in uh three categories mm-hmm. F- a family, personal, and then church and network mm-hmm. so yeah man I, I mean we're only what four days into it you know so but yeah it's going good yeah um i used to have these resolutions like i'm gonna lose x amount of weight and stuff and that's i'm not saying it's bad if you do that so i just the older i'm getting i'm trying to really develop like a lifestyle of health like just trying to be healthy yeah. trying to eat right sleep right exercise on a regular basis that kind of stuff you know yeah that's yeah. good how about what, what what is one resolution for jared huntley so i actually really didn't make any I'm kind of just. I don't. You are one pathetic loser. <laughs> Thanks, man. Um, I'm here to encourage. Yeah, is that one of your resolutions? Call me Barnabas to encourage people. Um, yeah, I don't know. I we all need a Barnabas in life. I'll be honest. Like, I just feel like I never think about and follow through with a resolution for the entire year. So <laughs> I thought yeah, I thought you're gonna go with a different direction. I thought you're gonna be like, I was gonna be honest. Like, I'm pretty perfect. <laughs> what if somebody said that? What if like. Uh, what's your resolution? I'm going to be honest. Like I looked really hard and there's no way I could there's, possibly I improve my improve life. improve on myself. <laughs> that's I, like something Terrell Owens would say. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh, man. Or Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan was always pretty cocky. Oh, man. He's an arrogant dude. He's very arrogant. Yeah. So, no. Um, but you I never think, you never really got into him. Kevin Durant. Dude, I hate Kevin Durant. Kevin oh, Durant. He's such a... The Durantula. Dude, he's so cocky but he's also so he left Oklahoma. he's also has he's so insecure because he can't help himself like he has to respond to like twitter barbs and fan comments oh, yeah he's just so so he he tries to project this confidence but you can tell he's like has zero confidence he's not even the best player on his own team let's oh, be real man. Steph curry's way better your boy harden is tearing it Dude, up he's going nuts did you see what your gm said though last night he said i the think greatest it, score of all i time. think it could be argued he's the greatest score of all time <laughs> he's a little excited all right <laughs> He's a little excited. Come Just, on, man. Okay, but eleven games of forty plus points. Oh or whatever, yeah, like I it's, mean it's a historic. He, he should he should have been like, this is a historical run, or a streak or whatever. Yeah, he's tur- he's turning into one of the greater scorers. Yeah, of man. Like he's he really is. He's come on late too. It's pretty pretty impressive. Yeah, it is. His resolution was like he's pretty cocky too. This is some of the stuff he said. Yes, but not not. He's pretty soft spoken. Yeah. Like James Harden's not a big he's talker. Got that beard. Yeah. I think James Harden was resolution was like I'm about to just like start stomping people my, this year. <laughs> my resolution is to shoot 48 step back three pointers in a game. My resolution is to murder the NBA. Yeah, That's man, he's he's doing it. Dude, yeah. dude they're awesome. in fourth place now. It's crazy. Our listeners that don't like basketball are like, well, okay, I thought this was a church planning podcast. <laughs> we're talking about resolution. <laughs> talking about Jared hates resolutions. We're, we're sorry about that. Sorry, <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. <clears throat> so, anyways, um. Yeah, resolutions. No resolutions for you. Yeah, not really. I kind of, it's more like lifestyle things of like, you know, there's some things that I'm praying about, things that I'm asking God to do in my life over over the next year, just some focuses that I have, but I don't have like specific. You know, like resolutions like I want to lose twenty five pounds by yeah. you know, you know twenty nineteen. <laughs> hey, if you lost twenty five pounds, you wouldn't exist. I would probably die. <laughs> People would be, be like, "Oh, Jared's sick, man. Jared's dead." <laughs> Lay hands on Jared. Yeah, that's true. I don't have twenty five pounds. You don't got twenty five pounds to lose, little buddy. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I always call Scott Ryan now, who's not a little guy. I always call him little what? buddy. Scott's not little. He's a tall, big man. Scott, could, oh, never mind. Yeah, Scott could lose twenty five pounds. He he would tell you that I could lose twenty five pounds easily. Yeah. But um, <laughs> my kids think it's hilarious that I call Scott little buddy. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah, man, the resolution things. I I've always I I've done it the past couple of years, um, or I've done it for a while now. But like I, I tell you, in all seriousness, I I feel like the Lord usually gives me a word, mm-hmm. or or so it's through it's through Scripture. He shows me something. Like last year, it was focus. You know. Um, yeah. 
this this year it's consistency. Mm-hmm. I just want to really be consistent, man. I want to be consistent with my time with him every day. I want to be consistent. Um, you know, for, personally, I want to. Um, Eric and I always pray together, but we want to take that to a new place and and just those mm-hmm. kinds of things. You know, mm-hmm. just being consistent. The older you get, the more you realize that man that that uh, that tortoise mentality really mm-hmm. does get the job done over a lifespan, you yep. know? And so we're running, yep. we're running marathons, you know, mm-hmm. we're not, we're not running hundred meters, which is good. Cause I'm not very fast. Yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't be good at a hundred meter race. <laughs> one time, <laughs> my hamstring. One, one time we were in the backyard and you've been to our house. So like, there's like these wood fence on one side, you know, and we we're going to do this race. And, uh, I was doing it like Sienna on my back, but like I hit this little hole thing and my knee buckled, and mm. I thought like I blew my knee out or something mm. like that. And I'm like, ah, ah, my knee, you know. And I, and Erica's like laughing hysterically. She's like, ah, oh gosh. And she was recording the whole thing, you know. And so it was super funny. And so she was like, let's, we should send this into America's Funniest Videos. <laughs> and so we tried to upload it. Apparently, there's this like huge process you got to go through just to even upload your stupid video oh really yeah it's okay. silly wow that's too bad <laughs> you're like i don't even what know a what story. to say what a story <laughs> i was like thinking of something to say i was like i don't really i don't know i don't know how to respond <laughs> it's, like, it's like when people in your church oh. tell you, it's like when people tell you, pastor pastor i gotta talk to you man the south that was big yeah pastor i gotta tell you something and they tell you something, you're like, oh, wow. <laughs> that's, 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 that's something. I'm struggling for a word. <laughs> what, are, what are we talking about today, man? We've already lost half our yeah, listeners. Well, I was going to say my word for this year, I think, yeah. if I had one, is kindness. Kindness. Uh, just like, I know it sounds simple, but uh, like, honestly, just being kind. I, I think yeah. uh, Paul says, I think in Colossians, he says, husbands, don't be harsh with your wives. And I heard uh, Matt Chandler one time teaching on that. And he was talking about how there's a reason that Paul says that to yeah. men because men have a tendency to be harsh. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like, I think that like I, I tend to, you know, I hold myself through like these really high standards and a lot of times I'll project that onto other people. Yeah. And you know, I, I've classically always struggled with accepting grace. You yeah. Know? So that's something that I'm learning and growing in. Yeah. Learning to just, uh, the value of being kind to other people absolutely, and looking for ways to show kindness in small ways. Yeah. I think it's something that I really want to grow in like, yeah. overall this year. Uh, cause I don't know, it kind of hit me like, it, you know, like late last year, I was like, you know what? Like I'm not always a very kind person. I'm not you know? a very nice guy. Yeah. I'm kind of a jerk. No, <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of a loser. <laughs> I'm kind of a jerk. So I don't know. That's something I want to grow in. Yeah. Anyways, that's a to, good, that's a good word, man. Thank you. I had to get that off my chest. Yeah. I feel better now. Yeah, well, just consider me your Dr. Phil and co-host. Dr. Matt. Dr. Matt. Doc, Dr. Diddy. Dr. Little Diddy. <laughs> Dr. Diddy. <laughs> All right, Little Diddy. We're going to talk about this week's um, podcast episode topic. I forgot what the word was. <laughs> what was that? It's burnout. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a fire. See, it's like a sound effect. <laughs> sounds like a rocket ship taking off. <laughs> Really yeah, it kind of like does, man. Kind of so. does. I was thinking more like the movie Backdraft when they open the door and like the flame, you know, it like sucks out. That's pretty. I've never seen that movie. What? Let me mentor you more. <laughs> burnout. Ministry burnout. So um, this is something that uh, gets talked about a lot and um, thrown around you know, a lot. You can, yeah, thrown around a lot. I think it's a word that probably we'll talk about this in just a second, but it's a phrase that probably gets overused. Like I think, you know, probably people you know, will say I'm burnt out when they're not really burnt out. Yeah. They're just kind of like tired or something. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but I think this is something that <clears throat> is a very real thing that people really go through. There's a variety of causes. There's mm-hmm. a variety of reasons. So we'll talk about those. We'll talk about some of the signs and the symptoms, and then we'll talk about how to prevent it and also what to do when you're in it. But I, I thought it would be good to go ahead, go ahead and define it first yeah. so that there's no confusion. So uh, Matt, what is burnout and what is not burnout? What's the difference? Oh man, I, I think burnout is when you wake up one day and you don't want to do anything. Like that sounds so just simple, mm-hmm. but um, you've you've lost your you've lost your energy, you've lost your desire. Um, you don't care to do the things that you typically thrive in doing mm-hmm. 
you know, you, you don't, um, you, you don't want for what we do as church planners, you know, you don't want to, uh, you don't care to share the gospel. You don't care to pray. You don't care to preach. Everything is extremely laborious, you know, preparing sermons. Um, it's, it's hard to explain. It's like trying to drive a car with no oil in it. Mm. You know, you just, you're, um, I almost have like this, what's the point attitude? Yeah. Like, what's the point of doing this? Yeah. Anyway? It's not going to make a difference. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it, you just get to the place where, you know, you, uh, it's, you know, and it's not even like, man, if I was somewhere else, it would be better. It was just like, no, there's on a beach in the Bahamas wouldn't be better. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, you know, like when I burned out, it wasn't like, man, I need a vacation. It was just like, I just want to be in the bed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like when you get to that place, th- that's burnout to me. Now, so let me yeah. ask something though. Yeah. Because that sounds a lot like depression when that's I hear that. Yeah. So is there a difference? Yeah, I, I think there is. I believe there is. Um, we, especially on the show, and uh, we, we, we talk a lot about it in, in the fellowships network, the, the church play network that we're a part of. Uh, mental health is very serious to us. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, people that wrestle with depression or bipolarism or whatever it might be, like, um, I'm not a doctor. I don't, I don't try to pretend to be. Um, but we want to set those people up for success. And that means, you know, uh, in some cases, professional therapy, you know, in some cases, uh, prescription medicine, all those kinds of things. Um, I, I think the difference be- between burnout and um, depression is while depression at times can feel unmanageable, there's typically ways to manage it. Mm-hmm. Burnout feels unmanageable. Mm-hmm. Burnout feels uh, very, um, you know, I've, I've come to the end of it mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, and and I, th- I think uh, this trend with, um, I think this trend like with pastors and that we're seeing more and more pastors uh, just tragically take their own lives. Mm-hmm. Um, mental health is definitely a part of it. Yep. Um, but I wonder sometimes how much burnout is it. So um, no pun intended, but if you already struggle and, and, and you wrestle with depression or another mental health challenge and burnout comes into your arena, it's literally like gas to the fire. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just a really bad place to be. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and so I think I think that there can be. I, I think one definitely mm-hmm. can can aid the other. For example, if you struggle with depression and you choose to stop taking medicine medication, you choose to stop going to your therapy, you you choose to stop being under accountability. Mm. Um, that will ultimately lead to to deeper burnout. Yep. Um, I think there are a lot of things that we call burnout. What to to your point? That's not really burnout. Mm-hmm. Um uh working outside of our gift set all that kind of stuff so we'll probably get more into that so i won't dive too deep here Mm -hmm. but but i think there are some symptoms that can look like burnout but it's not really burnout it's it's just Mm -hmm. you know retired or whatever it might be sure yeah that um you know going back to what you you mentioned the growing trend of you know pastors taking their own lives like i think a, a lot of that we'll get into some of the causes of burnout shortly uh more in depth but um, it really made me think about how just the way that we've, um, the way that we've kind of, uh, put so much pressure, we've created this role of like this senior pastor, yeah. lead pastor, and we put so much pressure on one individual, uh, to wear so many hats that I ultimately, I don't think is super biblical. Like, no. I don't think, I don't see that in the Bible. Uh, and I think that that's a, you know, and there's also a, a pressure to perform. There's yeah. a pressure to uh, keep up numbers to, you know, like keep people at your church because, you know, if you, if you lose ties and offerings, you're not going to be able to pay the bills or whatever, you know, there's all mm-hmm. kinds of different pressures that come from different places. And I think that that adds some immense stress and pressure uh, to people. That's a lot of where you see these guys really struggling yeah. uh, is, you know, because they're, they're, they're carrying a lot of weight. Absolutely, uh, man. Themselves. So, well, anytime, Anytime we go away from the Bible, we're we're destined to fail. Mm-hmm. We're destined to for despair. Yeah. I mean, like bad things are going to happen when we go away from God's design. Yep. And um, so I think when you know, 
if I was to ever write a book about this or blog or article, or whatever, it would be a better way. Like mm-hmm. there is a better way to lead your church than like you doing everything. And it will ultimately lead to despair. You just can't do it no matter how gifted or talented you are and mm-hmm. because you weren't designed to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I wanted to, before we kind of move on, I wanted to read this definition that I read uh, of pastoral yeah, really burnout uh, from a guy named John Henderson. He's a pastor at Delray Baptist. And this was in a journal. You can actually find it. It's uh, from Nine Marks website. Um, and it's a, uh, a ministry journal about um, ministry burnout. Mm-hmm. And uh, here's what he says. He says, pastoral burnout could be defined as the moment or season when a pastor loses the motivation, hope, energy, joy, and focus required to fulfill his work. And these losses center upon the work itself. So um, yeah. I think that's a really great way to kind of sum it up, yeah. you know, and, and those things that he kind of listed or, you know, like when you notice all of those things lacking, um, you know, that's, those are indicators towards ministry burnout. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> man. I mean, like when, when, when you don't, when you no longer at its bottom, at its bottom, just like very uh, basic definition, when you no longer find joy in any of the things that you once found joy in, like, you know, you're heading towards that, if yep. not already there. Yep. So we talked about what are, what are some, some signs how do you know yeah. if you're if you're actually at burnout? Uh, what are some signs of of ministry burnout, Matt? And um, you know, maybe uh, how can we like? What I want to try to do is maybe help guys identify like if they're trying to figure out like, am I burnt out or am I just tired? You yeah, know, or am I just like dealing with some depression right now? Yeah. I'm not really burnout. So, what are some signs of ministry burnout where you could say like, okay, hey, this this actually might be the case for you? You know, man. Um, there's 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 several different things i mean um you know some things that we've jotted down here i mean no joy we've we've mentioned to that like no joy with anything not just with having not just joy within ministry but having um i remember i i remember when i went through this period and um we would be watching a family movie or something like that and you know our family's laughing and i'm just like it's kind of there you know Mm -hmm. and it's just like no joy um, you know, no, no, uh, no anticipation for joy, mm-hmm. you know, no, no anticipating like, oh, it's Friday. We're going to do this as a family, or mm-hmm. I'm going to go on this date with my wife or whatever it might be. Like you just don't, there's, it's just not there. Mm-hmm. It's just like completely absent. And, um, you know, and the, the, uh, the weariness of it all, mm-hmm. you know, the, the fatigue, the, the tiredness, you know, sleeping uh 12 13 hours going to bed at six going mm-hmm. to bed uh, actually that's kind of normal for me i'm just joking <laughs> but uh going to bed at you know um seriously like uh feeling exhausted at 6 37 at night mm-hmm. going to sleep and sleeping from seven to eight mm-hmm. and waking up and not desiring to get up mm-hmm. still wanting to be in the bed still mm-hmm. wanting to go back to sleep getting up and eking your way through the first four hours of your work day and needing to take a nap at mm-hmm. 12 or 1230. Mm-hmm. Like those were real things for me. Yeah. And you're just like, something's not right here. Mm-hmm. You know, something's definitely wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, fatigue physically, but fatigue mentally. Yeah. Um, you know, losing, losing your temper at things that you shouldn't. Um, being careless with your words, mm-hmm. emotional unsta- instability, mm-hmm. you know, just sitting in your, sitting in your car crying, mm-hmm. wondering why am I crying? Mm-hmm. You know, just th- those kinds of things. Not, not even like, um, well, I'm, I, I had this bad conversation and it, it broke my heart or I watched this sad movie and it brought me to a few tears. No, I mean, just like weeping mm-hmm. and you don't know why. Mm-hmm. And um, so those were things that were real for me. And I think, I think that can, you know, that can bring like genuine, those are symptoms of just like genuine, Mm -hmm. you know, burnout. So how do you, how do you end up there? Like, what are the, like, how do guys end up getting burnt out? What are some of the causes of this? Is it avoidable? I I do think it's avoidable. Okay. I do think it's avoidable. I I think that it won't be avoidable until we shift our thinking. Mm. Um, This, 
this whole co-vocational APES thing, we talk about it all the time. And the reason why I'm so excited about it, because it, it, it impacted my family personally. Mm -hmm. Because we came here with an expectation that we had to do everything. Mm. And so we're, we did. We did everything. And, um, you know, we had to do the praying. We had to do the preaching. We had to do the teaching. We had to do the leadership development. We had to do this. We had to do that. And that, that mentality, that mindset, it led to my burnout. Mm -hmm. And I know where I was when God started doing what he did here. You take on this great responsibility and you say, well, I have to say yes to every inv invitation. Mm. I'd outgrown the prideful part of my youth that wanted just to go and travel and preach, mm -hmm. you know. But I was still saying yes to every single thing, every single. I mean, I, I remember one time I went to, to I, I went to this uh, church, and they invited me, and I preached seven times in forty eight hours. Mm. Seven times, forty eight hours, and. That's unhealthy. No. You just can't keep up that pace. And so I'm doing all those things. And there, and and so it, I'm, I'm away from my family. You know, we're a young family. We're living in a 950-square-foot townhome with one washroom. <laughs> you know, we had a lot of life change. We went from the Deep South to uh, Toronto. So there, there was just like a lot of things move, going on, mm -hmm. a lot of stuff happening. And I never took a step back. A lot of because of my makeup, because of my personality, and because of my gift set. But I never took a step back, and I I'd never asked this question: Is what I'm doing healthy? Mm -hmm. All all I said was because I was in the Marine Corps, and what, what's the mission? The mission is to reach lost people, yep. and the mission is to plant churches. Yep. So that's what we're going to go after. Yep. And if it takes 14 hour days, it takes 14 hour days. If it takes 16 hour days, it takes 16 hour days. If it takes knocking on doors. Mm -hmm. knock on whatever it is you do it yeah. and and so i was saying yes to everything saying yes to everybody saying yes to every coffee uh, saying yes to everything trying to do everything and eventually it it led to burnout mm -hmm. it led to me waking up one day and not wanting to get out of bed not wanting to do anymore not wanting to pray not wanting to prepare to preach, not wanting to travel, I, um, not returning emails, not returning phone calls. Um, simple things that seem so silly that I had no desire to do. Mm -hmm. um, we, I remember one time we, we, we had one of our, uh, I try to stay away from this terminology, but you know, church planners are, this is a podcast, church planners, you know what I mean? It's one of our biggest supporters, mm -hmm. big, big mega church. And I remember they they wanted me to do something or asked me to do something, and I just ignored it. Mm -hmm. Just ignored it. Just didn't get back with them for um, for a couple of weeks, and I finally forced myself. I remember I put on my counter, I'm going to do this mm -hmm. this day. And it was, I got off the phone, and I thought, something's wrong, because it was like a simple little conversation. Mm -hmm. um, those are all, that's what burnout is. Yep. You know what I mean? That's what burnout is. And for me... Why I get so passionate about like the apes, apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, teachers. Why I get so passionate passionate about what what Jeff uh, Christopherson and and Brad Briscoe and all these guys are championing with co-vocationalism is because that's the way, man. Mm -hmm. That is the way. Mm -hmm. We got to get away from, you know, John Piper. I think it was it said, "Brothers, we are not professionals." Yeah. I mean, like we're not professionals. Yeah. Like the world does not revolve around me right. i'm not a ceo mm -hmm. i'm a servant mm -hmm. and we're supposed to do it with other people that's right. so that's why i get so emotional or passionate about this stuff because man i've seen what it does mm -hmm. and like i coach these young guys and and i talk with these young planners and man they they want to grab the tiger by the tail and they they're going to do this they're going to do that and they're and church planners just the way we're wired we don't even sit there and and we don't count the cost. The Bible says to count the cost of what you're doing. Mm -hmm. We don't count the cost of what it's doing to our family. We don't count the cost of what it's doing to our marriage, to our kids, mm -hmm. to even to the people that we're leading to Christ. Mm -hmm. So think about that. If you're the only one that can disciple, if you're the only one that can mentor, because this is what I was doing. If you're the only one that can lead and you're the only one that can do this, that, and the other, you're the only one that can travel. 
that's a pretty small impact. Yep. And you're also instilling that DNA into the people you're reaching. Mm-hmm. And so what do they look to? They look to you for the answers. They don't look to the Holy Spirit. Right. They don't look to the Lord. Yep. They, don't, they, don't, they don't feel like they're going to be empowered to make a difference because, well, they're not you. Mm-hmm. So they can't do it. Mm-hmm. And so, man, it's just so dangerous. Yep. When it, man, like when you're doing that, you know, I don't care what you say. Like a lot of times too, like we'll say, well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm trying, I'm doing it by the spirit's power, you know, or I'm just relying on the spirit. Yeah. But if you, if you're, you know, like even subconsciously thinking, I need to be the one that disciples this guy. Cause I'm the most capable disciple maker here. <laughs> I need to be the one that's preaching every single Sunday because yeah, there's this other guy that I could put in there and he could, he could, you know, I could bring in some relief help from the bullpen, but I'm, clearly the strongest preacher here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're not relying on the Holy Spirit because no. if we really are, we then we believe the same spirit dwells in the other members yeah. of our body that dwells in us. And so we're relying on our own capabilities to be able to do things. And, you know, like if we put that stuff on our own shoulders, like it will, like you said, it will wear us down yeah. and stress us out. I really agree. I think that's the, you know, why we're seeing an epidemic of, you know, mental health issues yep. within the church, especially with pastors and uh, amongst young pastors a lot yeah. of times. Um, the expectations are, the expectations are so high. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the costs are high. Yep. Um, the, 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 the risks are high. I mean, like, you know, Satan's playing for keeps, mm-hmm. you know? And so, like, w- what, we, what we're doing every day is essentially going to war. Yep. And um, if you're going into war with the, the wrong mindset or the wrong mentality or you're not well, you're going to get defeated. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, I mean, like, I would never start a church again without a genuine team, without a genuine, like, group of people mm-hmm. who get what we're doing mm-hmm. and, 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 provi- and, and making sure they understand what it means to pray, making mm-hmm. sure they understand what it means to to really abide and yield mm-hmm. to Christ. And, um, you know, the mistake Eric and I made was we, we, we thought, well, like people will, people will get it. Like as we disciple these people, like they'll get it and stuff, but then like it, boom, you know, it starts to blow up and you know, mm-hmm. it, it starts to grow and you, and you're just like, well, some people aren't getting it, <laughs> you know, it's like, hold on a second, yeah. you know, and part of that is just, you're not going to be able to foolproof or bulletproof your church. You just mm-hmm. can't do it. And I don't mm-hmm. care who you are. Um, but but yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, I, and you've heard me say that for a year at least yeah. now, where I'm like, like the next church we plant, yeah, we're doing it differently. Like we're doing team church planning, and yeah. we're going to, like, we're not going to start up until we've got a team, and we're going to ask people to come with us to move with us. You know, yeah. wherever it is that we go, whatever it is that we do. Like we didn't do that when we moved to Toronto. M- number one, because it was you know the added you know yeah. problem of the border. Uh, you know, that creates some complications, you know, yeah. moving to another country, but also we just didn't know any better. Like you, you did, we didn't think about it really. No. It didn't even cross our mind that, Hey, what, what if we asked other people to come and do this with us? And yeah. now we're like, we'd be crazy if yeah. we didn't do that. And or even like, yeah. Inviting people to come and be a part of your team. Or how about this? This is like a, just a novel concept. I mean, like we all believe in harvest church planning, waiting until you have enough fruit from the harvest to, to genuine launch mm-hmm. to launch well I, and you know you might be listening to this like you know we're, we're drifting away from the topic of burnout no we're not because you need to listen to this some of you are about to launch or you just now launched or whatever and everybody feels the tension of volunteers and this or that by far the hardest part the the, the most stressful part is doing that sunday morning gathering mm-hmm. right having the workers and volunteers and the ratios and for your kids ministry and worship leaders and da 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 because we want to do things with excellence like i get it but one of the things that will stress you out the most is that constant chaotic uh, i gotta have this person doing the doors i gotta have this person doing that i gotta find this person to do this i gotta find them. why not build your core team up equip them for a year two years and then launch your church. Mm-hmm. You launch healthy. Yep. You launch, you know, with so much more long-term success mm-hmm. than, you know, and and that's that was part of our problem, you know. You feel this tension, mm-hmm. I got to get to this launch. I got to you know, you know like our sending church sent us here. Like people mm-hmm. want results. Like mm-hmm. we live in a results-oriented society. Yep. You know, and and I'm not putting it on anybody else. It's on me too. Mm-hmm. 
Like I wanted to get to that. Mm-hmm. I wanted to like, you know, yeah. but what if you, what if you went about it slower? Mm-hmm. And I understand that. And that's why the co-vocational piece is so important because a lot of one reason that a lot of guys don't do that is because we only have a certain window you for funding. Briefly define yeah. co-vocationalism just in case there's listeners listening that are like, I've never heard that term. Before. Yeah. I mean, what we've always said before is bivocational mm-hmm. and you know, I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a lawyer, but then I'm also a, 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 a bivocational pastor mm-hmm. or a church planner. So this is my, my, my weekend gig. And You're not a lawyer. <laughs> I watched a movie one time about attorneys. Um, you watched Better Call Saul. Yeah, that's right. That's an awesome show. Um, but, you know, and, and we say, well, if, if the church ever gets big enough, I'm going to stop this over here so I can become a full-time preacher. And that's like the... A real pastor. A real pastor, you know. <laughs> that's what Jeff always says. A real pastor. But co-vocationalism... Co-vocationalism is the idea that, okay, I'm a lawyer and I'm a church planner or I'm a, or, uh, used to work at enterprise rental cars. You know, I, I, I'm a, I'm a car, I'm a car rental manager and I'm a church planner. Now what I do at enterprise benefits the church I lead and what I do at the church leads what I do at enterprise. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's it's a different way of thinking. Yeah. You know, it's mm-hmm. not like, well, when I get good enough or this church gets big enough, no, it could grow to a church of 300, 400, 500. Maybe you'd still do it. Sure. You know? Now, if we're doing things that, if we're not doing APS team church planting, though, right. then that's impossible. Yeah. Because you can't have a job and basically be the CEO of a church plant, you know, if yeah. you're operating like that because there's just too much. Like, one of the things that I always try to um, make sure I define for people, like, if you... To, if you really want to prevent like burnout, like yeah. then what we say about having a team is I don't just mean like have people in volunteer positions. I mean, actually put people in charge right. of things like actually go, yeah. okay, here's what I'm good at. I, so, so preaching and vision, right? So I'm going to be the pastor of preaching and vision or whatever, and that's going to be my lane and I'm going to stay out yeah. of the other lanes. Like, yeah. okay, we've got a discipleship guy who's gifted at that. Yeah. I'm not going to tell him how to do that. Yeah. I'm going to let him use his gifts. We've got our kids ministry director. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to shepherd these people, yeah. but I'm not going to micromanage them and tell them how to do what and, they do. And and even even you say like, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to be the uh, a teaching pastor slash elder. My primary role is uh, teaching and vision. That's my primary role. But I'm only going to do that twice a month. I'm only going to preach twice a month. Mm-hmm. And you, you you immediately go away from this mentality of, oh, Jared's the guy. Jared's yeah. the communicator. And like, yeah, because I mean, over the years, I mean, like, I've, I've literally had people say, oh, oh I've, I found this out. Like, you know, like if I'm not there, like they don't want to come. Like that's so unhealthy. Like, you know, you know the pro- proverb says pride comes before the fall. Yeah. A lot of the reasons that guys don't want to do that. Absolutely. They they, they want to be up like there every it, Sunday. You know, they, I, I don't want to not be up there on yeah, Sundays. I yeah. like being the guy. Yeah. Right? I like being the guy. And some of his expectations, I mean, yeah. like you go away from, you go down into the South, man. I mean, like. They hire you to be the the senior pastor. Like their your primary role is to preach, and they don't get why you would ever have like a teaching team. In some cases, so, like why would you have a teaching team? So, hey, so uh, yeah, I don't know if they're gonna listen. Hopefully not. But uh, don't use names. Said, well, speaking well, speaking ambiguity. Well, it's kind of hard to. Speak. My grandparents. Um, were t- <laughs> I'm not I'm not gonna say which ones. Yeah, but they were talking about uh, a church that they're going to, and they got their pastor, and my grandpa was like. Was like, heck, he's like, he's been having other people preach for him. He's only preaching like half the time. I don't even know what the heck we're paying him for. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> I was like, yep. Uh, I mean, like, that's example. a perfect example. It is. I was in, in inside. I was thinking like, good for him. <laughs> yeah. But that's a perfect so, example. And that leads to burnout. I yeah. mean, like, dude, even if you're gifted in something, you know, like preaching. And I, I, look, I look back on um, a church I pastored. Man, I, I preached... Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, did all the visits, the meetings and stuff like that, you know, and that's not even counting like if I preached like at an FCA breakfast or uh, like a leadership thing or whatever, you know, I was preaching three, four times a week and still doing ministry. And, I was, and, and so, and like some people would be like, yeah, and I mean, like, that's what you do. But ultimately like it's, and then we were like, man, why are guys burning out? You know, why, why are guys so depressed? It's like, well, it's unhealthy, yeah. you know? And then you have a whole generation like, oh man, you just don't know how to work, you yeah. know? Like you're just lazy yeah, or whatever. It's not about that, man. It's just, but all that stuff leads to burnout. Like 
the team stuff is so important, man. Because mm-hmm. you're not going to, if you are co-vocational, you can't do the things that you do. No. You just can't do it. No. I uh, One good example that I've uh, seen, like real life example, uh, is uh, a friend, uh, Rob Wilton, and he's in yeah. Pittsburgh right now. And they're going to be plant. He planted a church in New Orleans, and then they moved up to Pittsburgh, and they're starting a church, uh, Vintage Church Pittsburgh. But they've been there. They moved up, I think, in like September, and their whole first year has just been. They moved up with a team, so now they had the, you know, they had the benefit of the church that they planted in New Orleans did really well. It grew, and, yeah. and they had, and so he, they sent his own church that he planted sent him out to Pittsburgh, yeah. which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and they took, you know, some people with them. And so they had the benefit of having a large team with them, but they've got like roles. Like he's not like it's shared leadership. Yeah. Like he's, you know, he's driving it. Cause he's like the apostolic type yeah. of force, you know, he's gifted in that way, but this is definitely a team effort and they've all they're doing for an entire year is team is training their team, yeah. training, training, training over and over again, instilling the values yep. and they're not rushing into it. And yeah. it's just, I think it's a great example of Absolutely. what we're talking about. Um, yep. So we'll have to have him on at some point. Absolutely. So, Rob's a great guy. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's transition, Matt, because uh, we need to talk about um, how for guys that maybe would say like, I feel like I'm getting there. Like, I don't know if I'm burnt out yet, yeah. but I'm definitely heading in that direction. Or I feel, I feel stuck. Like I've got all this responsibility on me and I don't even know how to get it off. Um, so what, uh, or maybe there's guys listening and you're like, they're, you're sitting there and you're like, you know what? Like I am there. Yeah. Like I am done. I'm just, yeah. I feel like I just want to quit. Yeah. I don't want to do this anymore. I don't see the point. I, you know, like I don't feel like I'm making a difference at all. Yeah. Like yeah. nobody appreciates what I do, whatever. What, what can they do? Yeah, man. Um, I was doing a, I was at a, I was speaking somewhere one time and, uh, I mentioned this, I mentioned, I was talking about my burnout and, um, this guy started to weep and he came up to me after the service and this guy was a church planner in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you think like, man, what do you got to be <laughs> upset about? You know, but he, all these things had happened, man, he had a, he had a, he was young and his, his starting his plant and he had a worship leader go, go like cause problems and just really it split the church and they'd gone from a significant number to really dwindled number. And it just had led and led and led to more and more and more burnout. You know, man, if you're there, there, there is a way out. Um, you know, I think the first thing you have to, it's like anything else you have to acknowledge there's something wrong. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I just want to give you permission to do that. If you're listening to this, um, you know, people, there's still this stigma, against mental health in our society and it's getting so much better. But when we talk about burnout, there's a stigma even with burnout. I took a, I took a, uh, a three month sabbatical mm-hmm. whenever I burned out. Um, it wasn't right away. Uh, the first thing that I did was, um, after being in that season for about three months, um, yeah, I'm a slow learner. <laughs> and so, after being in that season for a significant period of time, you know, I, I realized like, man, I, I got to get some help. One of the first things I did was, was I was honest with men that love me mm-hmm. and that support me. Um, primarily my mentor, Chuck Herring and, uh, Chuck walked with me through that, that, that process <laughs> in a really good way. So, um, just really loved me. And wasn't judgmental, just really cared for me and was kind. You said your word is kind, man. He was just so kind and um, really listened to me and uh, just really loved me well. Called me constantly, prayed for me on a regular, regular basis. Um, had a group of people that committed to pray for me every single day, pray for my family every single day. And... Um, the second thing I did was I said, man, we got to get some help for Fellowship Pickering. And so we hired an associate pastor. And I understand, like, you might be listening to this and you say, like, man, I, I don't, we can't do that. We don't have the means to do that. You know, um, you'd be amazed at when some of these trials happen in your life, what God will do to provide, mm. to get you out of it. Mm. You know, you have to go back to the heart of the Father. He loves you. He doesn't want this for you. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want you to feel this way. 
Um, so God provided some incredible resources. He, he's been so good to, uh, to our church fundraising and all that kind of stuff. And so we were able to bring on associate pastor, um, Rob Hayes, Robbie's been, was just an incredible friend and just, man, he just came in and it's like, you know, just like an older uncle, you know, Mm -hmm. been in ministry for 40 years, 35 years, something like that. And just provided a lot of stability. He's just a Barnabas for me in that season of my life. So that was the, the first step was just telling people that love me about it, letting them minister to me, letting them love me and, and care for me and all those kinds of things. The second thing was we, we getting some help. Like we, we hired Rob to start to kind of take on some of the responsibilities. So like part of the thing that lets my burnout is I would feel like I have to say yes to these travel opportunities and I would travel and I preach and cast vision, and all that kind of stuff for the network and, and God would bless, but then I'm away. And so I'm feeling like, man, you know, like what's happening back home, you know, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Bringing Rob in, it was great because we had people who were for the vision and they mm-hmm. were championing the vision. And then um, the third thing was, you know, I, I, I did, I took a sabbatical. I took a three month sabbatical. Mm-hmm. And so I just stepped away. Um, we, we, in that, in that, during that sabbatical, I had like some really like hard rules that I had to follow. Part of my burnout led to me was um, just being obsessed with church planning and working and, and just, it would become a real idol in my life. And so um, I didn't check my email. Um, I think I checked my email like, um, I think maybe once every two weeks. Uh, our staff and, and our network leaders knew how to get in touch with me if there was an emergency. Um, but stayed away from a lot of social media, stayed away from a lot of those kinds of things. Man, I just rested. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife and I, you know, we never taken a honeymoon because I, 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 we got married on her birthday, January 24th, 2004, and I deployed to Baghdad, Iraq, January 26th, mm-hmm. um, 2004. And so we never got a honeymoon. And so I took her to Jamaica and just me and her. And it was just like, you know, I'm laying on that beach and I was just like, man, this is, this is, this is great. You know, and we were starting to heal. Like I was really starting to heal, you know? And so I came back and once you learn those lessons though, it's super easy just to go right back into what you were doing. Mm -hmm. And so when I came back, um, we committed to start to pray that, we're going to give this stuff away, yep. you know, um, and God, and, and, and we have, we, we've through God's grace, we've kept that, uh, that mentality of, we're not going to pick stuff back up. We're not going to be the ones that do everything. And, and, and all those kinds of things I've created healthier habits in my life of between work and rest and sleep and, and all those kinds of things. But, you know, the, the things that, when I look back, when I reflect back on my burnout, as you can tell, you know, it's still, it's still raw when I talk about it because mm-hmm. it was a pivotal moment in my life yep. and it probably always will be. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I think back on, you know, the way that people came around me and really, really loved me. I, I think back on how not everybody got it. Mm-hmm. Not everybody understood it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I remember, you know, I, I remember one time one guy said, you know, like, man, I've never taken a sabbatical. I'm like, yeah, it's, Probably why you're depressed all the time, you know? <laughs> um, but I, I didn't care, mm-hmm. you know? I think they're really healthy to do. Yeah. Um, and, and I look back on why I'm so passionate about the APEST mm-hmm. and co-vocational stuff because I think that's the future. Yep. And I think that's God's design. Yep. So that's what I would say yeah, man. about how we can kind of prevent and move forward. All right. One final, you know, kind of thing I'd add on to that, just from my perspective, my observation, you know, being close with you over the last few years and, you know, me observing that whole thing take place, you know, from an outsider's perspective. Um, you know, one of the cool things is that after you did take that sabbatical and you stepped back, I I look now at where fellowship Pickering is. I look at how God has put together such an incredible team there and how, like when you, when you did step out back, it was almost like that was exactly what needed to happen, yeah, you know, and that absolutely. church really like came together in a, yeah. in a new and unique way. Mm-hmm. Like they really became, I think they took the next step towards becoming a healthy church yeah. that doesn't depend on Matt and Erica. Yeah. And, um, it's cool to see how God oh, honored man. and blessed that. You know? Absolutely. I, I mean, part of that is, 
expectations we place on ourselves yeah. where we think, oh, I'm the only one that can do this. You know what I mean? And it's prideful. I'll be the first one to admit it's prideful. Um, and it's also, you know, part of what is, you know, what's, what's conditioned into you, mm-hmm. you know, as a young leader mm-hmm. growing up in certain circles, you know, like, okay, you get, you're going to have to do this. You can do that. You can mm-hmm. do this, you know? And it's really about, it's not about that. It's about, you know, I, I want to give the rest of my life to developing leaders mm-hmm. and letting leaders learn from mistakes I've made. But then, but I, I love, love, love what Dave Ferguson and the guys at Exponential did last year was hero maker, hero maker yeah. you know, building the platform for somebody else to stand on. Like, yeah. man, I can give my life to that, mm-hmm. you know? And um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, you, you get, you get wiser as you get older. And it's some, for me personally, like it's, it's come at a price. So the wisdom I hold, but I'm you got I'm, some gray hairs. Yeah, I do got some gray hairs, but I'm very, very thankful that um, God is that God took me through that season. Amen. Man, I'm so thankful for it because mm-hmm. it's made me a better leader. Yep. You know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't lead planners the same way. I don't, I don't coach church planners the same way. I coach them towards health. When a guy says like, "Man, I'm working, I'm working 16 hours a day," you know, and they. They smack almost, them upside the head. Yeah, they almost, <laughs> they almost like stick out their chest as they say. Yeah. It's like, as, that's not spiritual. That's stupid. Yeah. Like you know, so just those lessons that yeah. that we learned through it. But but I, I want our I want our guys um, and, and maybe gals who are listening to this and you know because women are not you know they're not um, uh, like we they, said last they week could, they're just as much a part of the they're church just as much a part effort of, as yeah. the men are. Yep. So you know they're they're not um, absent from this either. They can definitely burn out. Yep. And um, so if you're in this boat, I mean, don't be afraid to tell somebody, mm-hmm. man, like tell somebody. And maybe you're thinking, I remember like saying like, well, nobody, uh, well, who's going to preach Sunday? Who's, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Like, listen, you just got to talk to somebody. It's, it's, you know, you're, you're listening to this on a Friday and, uh, you're like, well, man, I, I'm so spirit. It got to a point where I was so spiritually unhealthy I didn't need to be preaching anymore. Mm-hmm. Not, not ever, but for a season, mm-hmm. like I just didn't, I think I was getting to the point where I was going to just start saying things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I just wasn't mm-hmm. good. I wasn't in a good place. And, um, you know, you might be listening to this and think like, well, who would God will, God will bring somebody. Yeah. If you're getting to the pulpit because you're in the back of your mind, you're like, I have to preach. I have to, mm-hmm. you know, that's probably not a good place to be. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. like if that's your motivation, cause I have to, cause there's nobody else that can do it. Yeah. Like, you know, I, a lot of times we talk about how, you know, ministry is, you know, is hard in some ways, you know, and like, yeah, there's a, there's a sense in which, you know, ministry is not easy. It's hard. You know, like you go to, if you're a missionary, if you're a church planner, you're a missionary and you go to tough places yeah. and there's, you know, we talk about hard soil and all that. But I, I think that ultimately like ministry is not supposed to be like hard like that hard, like it really yeah. should be out of an overflow. Like yeah. it really, like there are difficult things that will happen and there's, you know, steps of faith that we have yeah. to take. And, you know, there's, there's stress, uh, you know, at times and, and pressure, like Paul talks yeah. about, you know, the daily pressure I have for all the churches, but that for him, it, that was his concern for their souls and him yeah. interceding for them. Like, it's not supposed to be as hard, I think, as we make it. No. Like, it's there's it's supposed to be filled with joy, honestly. Dude, I, I look back on the first half of my ministry, and I I, I am never going back to that place. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm never going back there. I'm, 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 I'm never going back to the, the preacher voice. I'm never, I'm, no, I'm never going back to that. It's God blessed it. God did what he did through it, but... That's why there's so much power in transparency and just authenticity. Mm-hmm. You know what? Last Sunday, I had a terrible Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. Woke up, my, st- my car wouldn't start. The kids are fighting. You know, Eric and I are kind of bickering back and forth with each other. You know, we had to get there at a certain time. Didn't work out. I hate being late. Just like a perfect storm. Mm-hmm. You know what I did for, you know how I opened up my sermon? I said, church, let me ask you a question. Raise your hand if you've ever had a bad morning. Mm-hmm. Of course, everybody's had a bad morning. I said, let me tell you something. I've had a terrible start to this Lord's Day. And I, I just told them. And everybody laughs. You know, we laughed. And everybody's like, well, you, "There's, but there's power in that. Yep. Because it's authentic. It's mm-hmm. transparent. Like, I'm never going back. And we're talking about burnout. A lot of people burn out because they're trying to project something that they're not. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of places 
you can't get up and tell your people, oh, it's been a bad Sunday morning. My kids have been arguing and and this and that, you know, because, you know, they're your your kids argue. You're the pastor. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, do your kids argue? <laughs> you idiot. I mean, my kids are kids too. <laughs> yeah. You know, and so like, but all those things, man, they just they all lead to burnout when you're not being, you're not being real, you're not being transparent, mm-hmm. all that stuff. No. Man, thanks for uh, thanks for kind of sharing some of your your experience and your story this morning, Matt. I uh, appreciate you uh, always uh, being transparent, right? Yeah, and, man. Uh, uh, so yeah, I think it, it's an important hope, topic for our guys and gals to listen to. Yeah, I hope this was uh, helpful for for all of you who are listening. And um, and if you're if you're going through this right now, uh, and you're going through burnout, like um, just know that um, you know. First of all, like we're, you know, we're praying for you and. Um, you know, just asking God to, uh, to sustain you during this time and to put people around you, uh, who will, uh, who will shepherd you through this and who will support you through this and, and, and asking God to give you the faith, uh, to trust him to provide, uh, so that you can get the help that you need and get the rest that you need. And so like, that's my prayer for you. Um, if you're listening to this and man, you know, if you have questions or if you just need to reach out to one of us, like you guys know, our email addresses are in the show notes. On the website, you are free to reach out to us and ask us any question. We love hearing from you. Absolutely. Uh, and we would be happy to help in any way that we can. Um, well, we want to thank you guys for listening to this week's podcast. Make sure you head on over to www.getinthetrenches.com and you can find uh, the link to other episodes and uh, blog posts and all kinds of good stuff like that there. If uh, you uh, have been helped at all by this podcast and, and you've it's been a benefit to you, uh, then uh, do us a favor and head on over to iTunes or Google Play or Stitcher, whichever platform you listen to it on, and uh, hit the subscribe button. Uh, and uh, also, uh, if you are so inclined, leave a review, a five-star only review, uh, and uh, a written review as well. Um, that really helps uh, get our podcast into uh, the hands of more church planters so that when they're searching for church planting podcasts, they'll find in the trenches. So if you think this is a good church planting podcast that people should listen to, well, that's one way, small way that you can help us uh, to do that. Uh, we are going to be back with another episode next Monday. So until then, go out there and get in those trenches, church planters. Church planters.